Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. back with another episode. This is Holly and Amy and Kristen. And y'all, I think this is episode, if I'm not mistaken, episode, this will be episode 56. I think I can't believe we have. I think think Christy's going to be 55. Anyway, who knows? Maybe it is 57. We have a lot of content that we've put out over the last year and we've all done it for one reason is that we want to be able to have these conversations in context so that you can understand the nuances of the complexity of a lot of the things that we talk about and a lot of the topics we discuss. But I think more than anything, we want to normalize the freedom of speech and to say what you think and to think critically about what you believe, right? To ask the questions, to not get caught up in tribalism of, well, I belong to this party or this religion or this group. So therefore I got to believe what they tell me to believe but to truly think for yourself and to really make critical thinking great again. Uh, As of the recording of this podcast, we just celebrated the independence, the anniversary of the independence of our country, the 4th of July, Independence Day. And uh, I think the three of us had a heck of a time celebrating and felt super grateful, right girls? Absolutely. Um, I mean, the the more I dive into learning about how this world is and how it's working, the more grateful I am to live. And the fact that I was born here, the fact that I get to live here, raise my kids here, it makes me more grateful. I know there are lots of people who don't agree with that. And you know, it's, it's hard sometimes because you look at our government and what they're doing and it makes you really upset. But I think I saw this quote, it was like Mark Twain. And it's like, patriotism is loving your country all the time and like loving your government only if they deserve it. And so there's a difference. And for me, I'm super proud to be an American, but we need to get rid of this government we got going on here. Uh, <laughs> ditto. ditto, they are not deserving. And we can't, <laughs> Holly, we can't see you. I know y'all don't care, but like, oh, I feel like oh God. <laughs> there you are. Okay, I'm like, know. I'm talking to your screen <laughs> the whole time. No, we were before. before I don't know how yeah. I hit that. Okay, sorry. <laughs> well, it just definitely for the three of us, since we can't be in the same room together, we like to see each other's faces. So um, they, they couldn't see my face at the time. Sorry, girls. I have no idea how that happened. I do think too, like one of the things that's great about the 4th of July is it's a time to reflect on the history of our country and how in many respects we've grown into that more perfect union that our founding fathers, you know, first referred to, you know, that we would become that more perfect union. And in many ways now in this decade of my life, having lived 47 years as an American citizen on this earth, you know, I see the divided states of America more than ever. And 
but when I look back on how far we've come as a country, we have been the great experiment of um, mankind. I mean, never in the history of the world has a country been more free and more powerful than the United States. And it is truly an experiment that is not perfect, but has certainly worked to do extraordinary things. It is still the beacon of light into the world for, for most people would agree on that. Right. And, but it's scary to me and it's concerning to me because I don't like to use the word scary because I hate fear and I actively work to combat fear in my life and to not let it be a factor in the way I see things or how I feel about something because we talked about this from our very first, our very first episode, fear stops your brain, your critical mind, that part of your brain that needs to think critically and make good decisions. It actually impairs that. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to say scared, but what I want to say is it concerns me. And I'm, I'm very aware of the great divide and the fact that we don't seem to share the common ground we went once did, which is the constitution, right? The ideals of the constitution, things like freedom of speech, um, I, I, I saw something recently, we talked about this this week, girls, where someone had posted freedom of speech doesn't mean that you are free. Uh, I mean, yes, you're free to say what you want, but you're not free of the consequences of what you say. Coming from a person, by the way, who wanted to cancel anyone who did not agree with her. Okay. She wanted them to pay for not agreeing with her. And that's again, what we saw around the 4th of July, this idea that people did not think we should celebrate how far this country has come. And to your point, Amy, it's not so much about what's happening right now, but celebrate that we are Americans and in a very imperfect, sinful world, a world that is not perfect. We get to live in a place that does, has been founded upon life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Well, that is what's just so interesting to me, like as an adult. And like I said, now that I'm doing this podcast and learning so much more, like, of course, go back and read the Declaration of Independence. Like just the first two paragraphs will just blow your mind. It's so relatable, especially now, like you can see, and, and you're just like, there was a small group of men who just took a chance. I mean, this was such a big chance and, and they went for it. And like, there's that documentary, um, what is it called? The one on Amazon Prime. It's like, America first. Oh, it's about something. George Washington. I think oh, I told yeah. you all about first it. American. The first American. First American. The first American. If y'all get a chance to go on Amazon Prime, watch the first American. It's absolutely mind blowing that this man just took this small army, no experience. I mean, they're up against the British, like the most powerful army in the world. Mm -hmm. These guys don't even have shoes. They don't know how to shoot guns. I mean, <laughs> but they wanted freedom and they, they valued what our country is founded on and they freaking won. Right. Yes. I mean, that they is won. a miracle in and of itself. And just the declaration of independence, when it says like when in the course of, you know, human events that you have to break ties from where you came from and start something new because you don't agree anymore, then, you know, this is what we're doing. And this is what we're going to, we're going to change it up and do something different. And we did. It's crazy. Well, I think that's the biggest thing for me is that I'm actually like, relearning or did I just not pay attention at all in school? Look, I'm like, like, I remembered it for the test, but I'm serious. Like I, it did not, it was not my favorite subject. And now I want to learn so much about it because it is so important. And it is fascinating. Just like you said, that they even had the forethought, not only did they like win, but then they, then they had like the forethought of like, 
what could happen like that's when that's where yeah. the constitution yeah. and where all this came from it's and what were you saying holly about <laughs> that before we got on like what anderson had posted yeah shout out, know, anderson. shout out to my son anderson so he is the history buff in our family and truly it's very hard to argue with anderson because he is so knowledgeable about u.s history but he and i don't want to misquote him and honestly we should honestly bring him on to chat about this because it, you know, he has always been like when he was a kid, y'all, he had figurines of the founding fathers in his room. Like this is that's <laughs> that's where he comes from. So um, but he was talking about how, you know, there was a lot of conversation around how a, a government could work, especially when they were, you know, wrote the freedom of religion, for example, was important. Why? Well, it was actually important to keep the government out of the church not so much about the church out of the government. And this is a podcast for another day, but it was saying that basically, because remember the Church of England got to determine whether you were like Catholic or Protestant and they had control over people's faith. And so the founding fathers thought, no, we want people free to choose the faith that they want to choose, right? And so the separation of church and state was more about protecting the church from the government than the government from the church. However, we have to be careful, right? That, that any religion can can you know, we don't want to be hijacked by any religion that starts to impart the tenets of its religion so much that it violates other people's freedom to worship as they choose. Does that make sense? In other words, let's take the Catholic Protestant argument, right? Where the Catholic, you know, the, 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 the Church of England was either Catholic or Protestant. I mean, you, you can't force people to, to switch religions based on what the government thinks they should have. That's not freedom. So, but his point was to say they, they had conversation around, can the country survive if it doesn't have like shared, like a shared moral value, right? Like a, a shared viewpoint. And so the girls and I were discussing that, like it seems that we are getting very off course and polarized where people have the more, the, the, the values that are more the Judeo-Christian ethics, right? Of, 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 you know, morality. And then there's something else. And we had the constitution that we agreed on, but now we have people arguing that the constitution should either be done away with or rewritten. And certainly when the Supreme Court came out, we saw how many people don't understand government because they were screaming at the Supreme Court for ruling on, a, on the constitutionality of a law. They weren't making laws. They weren't making laws. They were ruling right. on the constitutionality of a law made 50 years ago. So that had been questioned for 50 years, by the way, in terms of it being constitutional. So. It just, I guess our point is to say this, guys, as we've reflected this week, and we have given thanks that we get to be a part of this country in all of its imperfections, our question is, can we remain united? Is the divide getting so bad? And is there no longer the common ground? Are we, are we becoming that feared, that, is the fear of our founding fathers coming to reality that we don't even agree on what it is to be American anymore or what it is to, to hold certain truths. We hold these truths to be self-evident. Like, are those fundamental truths? Are we not holding those together anymore? I think these are questions that we wonder and that we, we hope and pray that people will wake up and realize that there are things that we should agree on and that's what matters most. And the things we don't agree on, we can hash out in voting and in legislation and in debate, but to mm -hmm. still remain the United States of America. Not sure. more censorship and hatred and division. Yes. Well, the people who are, you know, ready to hightail it out of here, good luck. Go <laughs> see what it's like somewhere else. I'm telling you, like, I think people just have a, a very entitled, we've been so comfortable 
And yep. so entitled here that we haven't had to, we don't have daily suffering. I mean, for the most part, we have our needs met. There are other countries where, you know, if you come out as gay, you, you're, you're executed on the yes. spot. I mean, you are, women have zero rights. Right. There are zero abortions allowed. Well, zero. Think about what Jonathan said, this guy that we met here from Venezuela, right? Yes. And he said, nobody ever tried to like get on a boat and go to Venezuela. Like they're all <laughs> trying to come here. I mean, right. I know that this is straight coming from him who they came over here for this reason. They come here because of our land of the free land of like where dreams can come true, where anything is possible, but you're starting to question that, you know, but we also have to go back to let's remember that we get to live here. We get to have this. It's just the people, I think, I think that the people who don't see that they just maybe haven't had, they don't know what real struggle is in life. I mean, I'm not saying I do, but I'm saying they don't because they don't realize what they have and they have they, they've been entitled and spoiled and comfortable. I mean, well, just running water, just running water. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, this is the thing. So I have noticed that, right? Even in just the, I've almost lived a half century now. And the idea that if you don't have problems, you'll somehow create them for yourself. Yeah. Like that somehow we can create struggle. Whereas I, my grandfather had an eighth grade education because his mother died and he had to help raise his his um, four siblings. Okay. So his life was not easy. Um, My dad did not have indoor plumbing, you know, a toilet in the house. They had an outhouse until he went to college. Okay. This is my own dad. So I come from a people who struggled and, and didn't have everything in the world, but they were happy. And they learned mm-hmm. how to make things work and they believed in hard work and they they believed in loving your neighbor and being kind. They taught me the things that mattered most. And now I look at raising my children who have everything. And the, my struggle is how do I teach them what struggle is? And it's mm-hmm. not that they haven't had struggle. Listen, every kid's gonna go through hard times, but collectively as a country, the hardest thing we've dealt with probably as a country was 9-11, which was when my son was three. Like Bennett has never known that. And again, it's like you guys said, you know, what you see in the spiritual, you'll see modeled in the physical, right? So it's like, you don't build spiritual and mental strength without difficulty in the same way you don't build a muscle without putting it to the test and tearing it, right? It's in the tearing and the disruption of the muscle that it gets stronger. And it's almost as though we are now living in times where if the hardest things that these have to people have to deal with is that Trump got elected and they need a cuddle corner and a granola bar, like, <laughs> like your life is not that hard. If right. that's the worst thing that happened to you, your life is not that hard. You know, oh, totally, totally. Oh, I tell my they kids don't that all the time. You have no idea. No, no idea. Holly, but, I love. Um, that, well, whenever you get around to, um, I, I'm going to play that thought. video. I wanted to play that. Ace Eccles is somebody who we follow. But anyway, he has a good perspective on everything we're talking about too. And we could share his as well. Um, yeah. And then those facts too. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, in fact, um, I'm pulling them up y'all, but um, will you real quick, We do you want to read those facts while I pull up that video? Yeah. Amy, yeah, and, sure. and Amy, 
Amy, tell me um, there, which, which video? Oh yeah, there, I got him. All right. So okay. do, why don't you read all the reasons to be grateful? There's five that we Okay. Read. Yeah. So I ran across this post or, you know, we did on Instagram and I just love this because I like, look, focusing on the positive and let's like what exactly what we're talking about. Five reasons you should be grateful to be an American on this 4th of July. Number one, America's economy is so large that individual state economies are comparable to those of entire countries. Okay. There are, there are states economies that are greater than just a whole entire country somewhere else. Number two, Americans are among the most racially tolerant people in the world per the world value survey. Um, we don't always get a good rap for that, but like I said, go to other countries. Mm -hmm. You are not tolerated if you are different in other countries, yeah. a lot of them. Yeah. Um, number three, many Americans report assisting strangers in need, volunteering their time, donating money, making the United States the world's most generous country. Mm -hmm. um, number four, if poor Americans were a nation, that nation would be pretty rich. Yep. Look at the, it's from the OECD nations, um, average consumption per person. And we're the, uh, we're one of the few countries where our poor people are fat. <laughs> in most, I'm serious. In most countries, like your poor people are not fat. They are starving, right? right, right. Um, okay, so, but listen to this. Now, again, Amy, tell, tell us this guy's name again. I love him. Um, um, well, hold on. There's, there's one more. I'll just do number oh, sorry, five. Just, sorry, just, just round it out. Make sure we do it well. Anyway, round United States. The last one was just that United States boasts the highest number of Nobel prizes, doing more to advance the human condition than any other country. So we rank number one with 398 Nobel prizes. Second and second place is United Kingdom with 136. So, so we're killing it, killing it. Killing I, don't, it. I, don't killing see, I don't see China on there anywhere, but anyway, no. I digress. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> Can I also say, um, I saw this too, that um, Indian Americans, when they talk about the median U.S. household income, Indian Americans are, the average, I guess, is 126,705. Filipinos are 100,273. Pakistani Americans, 87,000. Do you know who's down at the bottom? Those are, so this is like, they give us like 10. It goes from Indian, Filipino, Pakistani, Iranian, Chinese, Japanese, Korean, Chilean, Syrian, Bolivian, Cambodian, Panamanian, white, then black. Okay, yeah. so we are in the lowest category here in the United States. So when we talk about land of opportunity, all of those other Americans. Because they came over here for opportunity and they came over here they to work, work for it hard. And they appreciate it. Exactly. And, and that's the difference. Now, they, granted, weren't born, they weren't born into it. And then right. not, you know, they had to come and work. Yep. These okay. are the stats from 2019, but I think the point is, and of course, there are more white people in the United States than all these other uh, races. Um, so certainly that might skew the numbers, you know, down a little bit because there's just more of, you know, we have more affluent and more impoverished. So who knows? I don't know how much it would skew it, but I do know there's more white people in this country, obviously, than all the others. But I think the point is to say, if you think that white privilege is the most privileged, statistically, that doesn't hold weight. That just doesn't hold weight. So, and again, I know they'll say, they'll argue. I know all the arguments to white privilege, but I think the point is to say, we there are privileges that all of us have. All of us have. All of us have. In some way, you have a privilege. And now, if you're black, I can tell you, like there are certain. I know this is not PC to say, but there are actually certain privileges black people have over white people now. Okay, we're seeing it in the job markets, and we're seeing it in the college admissions. And that's provable. That's not my opinion. When my white son went to NC State University and talked about applying there, they said, well, you're white and male. 
and from Raleigh. And so statistically, you're going to have to work harder than everyone else to get in. I mean, he was, he was told that. Right. So I just want people to know when we talk about privilege, let's look at data, not your feelings about it. And let's also hear what our black friend here, what's his name again, Amy? Yeah, I think it's Ace Eccles. And I just, uh, I really like him. Um, he basically is, his whole platform is education on racial topics. So it's very interesting. And just to hear a very fair and balanced, um, you know, just a different argument from a black male in this country. Um, but he just did a, his, his latest reel was why celebrate Independence Day. So I liked what he said about it. All right, here it goes. Today we celebrate Independence Day, but what exactly are we celebrating? Obviously it's Independence Day, but why does that matter? It matters because the United States, while not perfect, is the closest thing we've come to an equal society. The founders knew what they were doing, and they knew that they cannot correct every injustice that has ever been done in one lifetime. The Declaration of Independence says that all men are created equal. Not some men, not white men, all men. This was unusual because slavery was seen as normal, and things such as liberty, equality, and freedom were basically unheard of at the time. The United States have been at the forefront of human rights from ending slavery to women's rights, and this is because they made our Constitution a living document. This is why, despite its many flaws, the United States continues to be the most sought after in the greatest country on earth. What do y'all think? Well, we think mm. he's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's our opinion. Yeah. That's yes. Good. Yes. So anyway, we hope you guys were able to celebrate and give thanks for this country that we've all um, get to be a part of. And I know to our Australian listeners and our Canadian listeners, thank you for listening. <laughs> we know you guys have a vested interest in the United States too, for the same reasons Amy said, right? Which is like, we're still kind of the, we are the place that, that a lot of countries are aspiring to be or follow. And wherever the United States, that's where the world tends to go. So anyway, um, can we also though just mention, because I think this is important, um, I, I, we didn't even talk about this earlier, girls, when we were talking about all the topics we want to talk about, but did anyone see Top Gun uh, Maverick? Have you girls seen Top Gun Maverick? Not yet, but no. I want to so bad. It's on my list. Okay. I've heard it's so good. Woo, y'all. All the feels, all the feels, all the feels. Also family friendly. You can take your kids to see yeah. it. I honestly don't even remember swear words in this movie. Now I might be a little immune to them. Let's be real. But, <laughs> but I do, I don't remember them. I mean, it was just such a good movie. We saw it the day before the 4th of July. So we left feeling all patriotic, but it is smashing box office records because, and this goes back to what I think most Americans want, which is this idea of the, patri the patriotism and goodness and, you know, just mm -hmm. wholeness, you know, right. but Lightyear, Disney's Lightyear is not doing mm. so well. Mm -mm. And I don't know if you parents know, but apparently there was a kissing scene between two same-sex um, characters in the movie. And that is uh, apparently deterred a lot of parents from taking their kids to see it. And I think what this says, it seems to me that there are still a lot of Americans speaking out against the wokeism of America, the progressive elites who think that their agendas and their way of seeing things is the only way to see it. And if you don't see it their way, then you are a bigot. And that is right. what I feel like there is pushback against. Because again, it you don't have to all agree on each other's decisions, choices, politics, faith, religion, you name it. You don't have to agree on it to still get along, be kind and be nice. You really don't. Right. I just have like a, even just shared core value. Yeah. So like when you're talking about the movie, the, the light year thing and the, the, 
same sex kissing scene and kids and everything. Um, another page that we just recently found on Instagram, we started following this called Gays Against Groomers. Um, there are over 50,000 followers in this page, but um, they, I love this because, you know, I have a gay members in my family. I, I love, there are gay people in my life that I love. I know that probably oh, yeah. all of us all do. Of us. All, yeah. and, and I want y'all to hear, like, this is where a lot of gay people this is how they're feeling and what they're thinking about all of this too. And it says gays against groomers is a coalition of gay people who oppose the recent trend of indoctrinating and sexualizing children under the guise of LGBTQIA plus our community that once preached love and acceptance of others has been hijacked by radical activists who are now pushing in extreme concepts onto society, specifically targeting children in recent years. The overwhelming majority of gay people are against what the community has transformed into, and we do not accept the political movement pushing their agenda in our name. Gays Against Groomers directly opposes the sexualization of children. This includes drag queen story hours, drag shows involving children, the transitioning and med medicalization of minors, and gender theory being taught in the classroom. The activists backed by school boards, government, woke media, and corporations have been speaking on our behalf for too long. When fighting for equality, our goal was to successfully integrate ourselves into society. But now these radicals aim to restructure it entirely in order to accommodate a fringe minority, as well as seek to indoctrinate children into their ideology. There are we are saying no. There are millions of gays within the community that want nothing to do with the alphabet religion and join the fight with parents and concerned people everywhere to protect children. We also aim to return sanity and reclaim the community we once called our own. The gay community is not a monolith. Those pushing this agenda do not represent or speak for us all, nor we do not want to be associated with them in any way. What we are witnessing is mass scale child abuse being per perpetrated on an entire generation. We'll no longer sit by and watch it happen. It's going to take those of us from within the community to finally put an end to this insanity. And that's exactly what we're going to do. Join us, allies welcome. That's so good. And I, I guess my whole issue too is a lot of these movies, since when did they even have kissing at all? Right. Oh, this isn't about, this is not about same sex. This is just kissing in general. That's not what these movies should be about. I that's mean, like what it should be about. Cinderella or whatever, be like the kiss at the end, you know, like, oh, the kiss is the prince or whatever. Right. Like, well, I mean, okay, I guess but that's, that's like one little, well, that's like the ending of the movie. What was it in both? Like, you're, I guess you're right. Like, a lot of it is the prince and princess. And, you know, right. I'm just trying to think through this as I'm listening, you know, because. Yeah. But, no, but I think it's a good point, Kristen, because you remember um, in a lot of the, especially the old, old Disney films, I mean, I, I mean, I guess, like you said, maybe there was the the prince and princess kiss at the end. But do you remember even the high school musical? Remember? And these mm -hmm. were teenage, real teenage kids. They didn't have a lot of kissing in that movie. There'd be like hugs or like getting close to each other's face. But like there, I specifically remember and like they don't really let the kids really kiss in this movie. And it's actually nice. It was mm -hmm. it was kind of like giving it more of just this wholesome vibe. Right. And and again, I think this is the thing. It's like developmentally appropriate things don't right. expose kids to things that they don't really need to be exploring yet right. it's not Period. time no, yeah. and, and i just it's, and i feel bad for the gay community that like they like said they've worked so hard to integrate into society have yeah. equal rights as far as like marriage and just being accepted right. in, in society and a lot of them are feeling like they are being pushed decades backwards because yeah. people are going too far with kids 
Right. You know, well, and it's just sad. And, and if you look, if you know anything about sexual abuse, sexual predators, it, they do the way they get kids are so easily manipulated and they are it's so easy to um oh my gosh it's like the conditioning of it and to make it seem like this is normal this is okay yeah. it's okay like and and to just it's almost like subliminal messages and stuff so we just have to if we can just get away from that and just preserve like they're they're innocent it's not like we're stopping them from being that but they're young they're little let them just play and well and enjoy. that's what i mean by saying you know? like we can all live our lives the way we want to we have the freedom to do that but we should have a shared a shared core value in that right no matter yeah. what we choose to do with in our adult lives like we should all at least agree yeah. that kids should be protected and well, not you know okay and that reminded me remember the teacher when the teacher when they were talking about with the um the don't say gay bill that it did not say don't say gay right um but one of the teachers speaking out was saying how she was so sad that she can't talk to her kids y'all these are k through two that they're talking these age groups talk right. to her kid their kids her, about her weekend with her partner yep. and I, i'm like since when does a teacher talk to any kids about what they do with their wife, their husband, their whatever? That's not what you're there for. Right. <laughs> no, if you were telling That's a story right. to your kids that to the to the class that helps with a lesson that you're learning. That's yep. one thing. But if you're not just sitting there shooting the shiitake with them saying, hey, what would you do this weekend? You want to know what I did? Yes. I mean, it's not like that. And it shouldn't be like that. So, oh, I know. I saw a video of a teacher who was in her car crying. It's like elementary school kids or maybe early middle school saying that she just, she was so excited because she just came out to her class and um, she feels like they make her feel safe and loved. I'm like, no, this is not your therapy time. Okay, honey, this is your job and yes. you're supposed to teach kids how to do math, how to read, how to look at science, how to, you know, do history and social studies, not talk about your issues and like making you feel safe and accepted and loved. I mean, come on. Oh not, I didn't even That's know what parents were married. I didn't right. know if they were married. I didn't mm -hmm. know if they had children. Like they did not discuss their personal lives at all. It was what? not until high school that I think right. I even knew. And by the way, one of my favorite teachers in high school was gay. I had no idea <laughs> I get it until Facebook years later yes. and I, like love you know his name was mr Sturdivant. love him and i knew you know like but i didn't even know anything about him anything about him well, because, amy's talked about it how remember when you would like see your if you ever saw your teacher like outside the classroom you're like whoa what yes just outside yeah. the classroom. like you have a life you have a life, you have a life. right and that's how it should be that separation and, there shouldn't be amy, what's the stat what's the stat on the increase in the number of children now or people identifying as transgender over the last decade, do you have the exact, well, I know we talked about this this week. Um, a 4,000% increase in trans identifying adolescents in the past 10 years. Okay. Now here's what they're going to, here's the, here's what they're going to argue. I think the other side will say, well, that's because they feel more free to be who they are. But 4,000%. Or thousand percent like is that for age that's is that astronomical general, or is it it's uh let me see um the vast the vast majority of youth now presenting with gender dysphoria adolescents who suddenly express uh revulsion with their sex from birth 70 percent of them were born female 
Many of them have anxiety, ADHD, autism, spectrum traits, and depression. Um, this newer diagnosis, which has been termed late adolescent or rapid onset gender dysphoria has now been seen in every gender clinic in the Western world. And there has been a huge surge in the number of cases. One recent US survey found a 4,000% increase since 2006. Um, there've been similar large increases in Finland, Norway, Netherlands, Canada, and Australia. Um, the London GIDS clinic, I don't know what that stands for, 30 fold increase in referrals over the past decade, mm. primarily adolescent girls, who said they now identify as boys. Um, Malone says, whoever this um, doctor that was doing this, Malone says there's um, no credible scientific explanation for why there's been such a big swing from predominantly males to predominantly females experiencing gender dysphoria and around the time or just after pub puberty onset. Mm. Mm. That's just very, very, it's very interesting. Yep. One yep. change that's happened over the last decade is um, social media. Yeah, I was about to say social media. Yeah, I mean, because well, <laughs> social media and then talk to the moms. Like I have friends whose kids are in these schools and the kids y'all are, this is all they talk about. It or not, I shouldn't say all they talk about, but it's a huge topic of discussion. What gender are you and what's your sexuality? And this is in middle school children having these conversations in a way that's like, we did not have those conversations at all. Um, I, my, my son, uh, my 23 year old will tell you, he didn't have them. Now he was at a private school, but like, that wasn't, it is almost like, this is a new thing. If you have kids that have spanned the last decade, I imagine you're seeing a difference now. And like, if you, you know what I'm saying? If you had a child graduate 10 years ago as compared to today, I guarantee you, there's probably a difference mm -hmm. in the conversations that are happening. And again, people will argue, well, it's more acceptable, but like, again, things become we're, we have a lot of questions and I'm not going to speak for Chris and Amy, but I think they'd say this. We have a lot of questions about what is, what is, how is the conversation in social media affecting kids who otherwise wouldn't be having an issue with this? I'm right. just, I'm curious because I do believe something has gone sideways. <laughs> That's what it feels like anyway. Well, um, you know, what really sideways or maybe upside down is that lady, oh, if you, if you want to call her a lady twerking that's running for Rhode Island. What? Yes. Congress. Congress. <laughs> I don't know where her name is. She was, was it? full on upside down. I mean, on the, on the you beach. You want to talk about sideways, upside down, ass backwards. What really? Ass backwards. Literally. Look it up. In a thong. Just look up Rhode In Island thong, twerking. twerking on social media, running for office. And okay. she, she came down from her headstand and said, vote for, oh gosh, I don't even know. I name. know, we need to That's, just find it. But anyway, but just go, look, I just had to throw that out there. So, you know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's there, it's all over. It's and there. You, know, you wonder why our, everybody's just like, it's yeah. like clown world, you know? It is, it is oh crazy. And again, like we just, like we don't want to normalize things that don't need to be considered quote normal. Okay, but 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 what what the three of us will say all day long, my gosh, kindness, teaching kindness and love, that is something you can teach in your home to your children for people who are like you and people who are different than you. It is so critically important to teach children to be kind and adults for us to do the same, period. And source. it would solve a lot of the world's ills if we just practice those things. We don't have to accept everything, but we can be kind. Okay. 
Well, also just um, to go along with this, because I was, I just want to throw this out there. Yeah. California Governor Gavin Newsom last Friday signed a new state law that would stop police from arresting people for loitering, loitering for prostitution. I mean, why would you do that? Why well, would you do that? When we think about where this world is headed, like, let's just think, why would you purposely, I mean, I really would like to know anybody on here yeah. that, it, that perhaps uh, agrees with it or sees a different side. I really would love to know because we really do want to see all sides, yeah. but I really don't understand what the message is by signing that. <laughs> yep. Well, and, and don't you guys think like for, this is what I, this is how I see it and may, and, and, and I'm not saying I'm right. But I feel like for, for most of my life, I've been able to say, you know what, at the end of the day, the United States of America is a melting pot of people and cultures. And the way that this works is we have to kind of let people just do what they want as long as it doesn't hurt anyone else, right? Like that, that I could just say, you know, I don't necessarily agree with that from a religious or moral standpoint, but you know what, this is America and people have to have some freedom yeah. to choose, right? But it's like they're now drawing such lines in the sand that we can't not take a moral stand anymore. It's like prostitution should not be legal. It should not be legal. It's abuse of women. And I look, there are women who sign up for it. There's women who choose it. But many of those women are broken women, mm -hmm. very broken, abused women. I would dare say if you were to interview people in the porn industry, and I mean, one out of four girls is molested anyway in this country. If, am, I, am I wrong? I think it's one in four. Uh, it's well, more. let me tell you where the 25% is more likely to end up on a pole, in a movie, in a dirty movie, or on the streets. And that is a sad, I'm not making it up, sad reality. Or sold and, into right, trafficking, so which can bring us to our border situation. Yes, girl. I mean, truly, y'all, it is horrific what is coming over. And hopefully you have heard, by the time this podcast released, you have heard our podcast with Christy Hutcherson. It is eye-opening, mind-blowing, your jaw, just be ready to like pick your jaw up off the table, oh. off the floor, because y'all need to know this. It's scary, but we need to know. But yeah. truly, like with the border going across, like tell them what's happening in Greensboro. Well, first of all, we can talk about those poor, was it 52 migrants that died yes. in that van? And they still don't really, do they, is it actually from the heat or do they just not know? Do we? I think it was from the heat. They were how they were horrible trying to get in that, This is the and most the, deadly border ever. Oh. Like these people are just. And the driver was apparently high. Was it on crystal meth? What was he? He yeah, the driver was high, 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 high on some drug. So you have that going on. Um, oh I, I'm, I mean, the whole thing is bizarre. But again, for that many people to be dead in the back of a tractor trailer, I also saw they were putting them in toolboxes. Did you guys see that this morning? Like what? illegal immigrants in toolboxes coming across. I saw them in like boxes. I didn't know about toolboxes. Yeah. Like and did you I have see seen something. Our border patrol's response God bless them, was we can't check every car. So right. that was the response to like the toolboxes and being in the back of the tractor trailer. I'm sorry, you should be checking a tractor trailer. Do not care. Like, oh my gosh. Um, but but yeah, another point that was made too, is like 50, okay, there, there, there are 50 human lives, probably some of them children, probably some of them women, suffocating and boiling to death in the back of a truck. And then, and I'm not taken away from anything else that's happened in our country, you know, like the Uvalde shooting where there was 19 and, or the Buffalo shooting. It was like, 
but it's like selective outrage. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, we, we're not, we don't care that 50 lives were lost in the back of a truck. Do you know how miserable and 50. agonizing? That's, double, that's like uh, over double the amount of some of these other tragedies that have happened. And I'm not discounting the tragedy. Yeah. I'm just saying it's like, we want to be mad about certain things and then we want to turn a blind eye to others. That's um, you know, and it's just, it's bizarre. Well, and I love that governor DeSantis, uh, this said, uh, I don't, when was this, uh, Wednesday, June 29th, uh, Supreme court grants DeSantis requests for grand jury to investigate human smuggling from the Southern border. So thank goodness he is doing something. And this is where it's great that the constitution puts these things back to the states because the states, they can blame the government all they want or just turn a blind eye, but they have the right and the option to do something about this and they need to be doing something about this. That's it. And guys, again, excellent point, Kristen. If you don't like the Supreme Court ruling on abortion, sending it back to states, but you're a person who didn't like federal mandates on a vaccine, or you didn't like um, wearing masks and you, but you knew you could go to Florida and other states and not have to do it. Again, this is the importance of being able to vote for the laws in your region and not be subjected to as many of those from a federal level. But one thing we want to point out is, guys, pay attention to this. If you're in the state of North Carolina, which is where we happen to, to live, and we know our listeners span everywhere, but this is important. Look and see where they are housing immigrant children in your neck of the woods. For us, there's this beautiful campus that is gated, you cannot even see the buildings. It's on Hobbs Road in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's the American Hebrew Academy in Greensboro. Well, apparently, I guess over the last few years, it's been shut down, but they're using the property. The federal government is using the property as a transitional facility for immigrant children. And it says that the board of the academy announced Friday that it had entered into a five-year contract with an option for five more years with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services to provide a transitional campus for immigrant children. Now get this, awaiting reunification with family members or other people in the U.S. So basically that would be sponsors. Anyway, now, remember, illegal sponsors. Remember that we talked about that. Yep. And remember, Christy Hutcherson said that, like, um, in our interview with her about the border, she said 70% of the adults, I think, was coming across with children do not pass DNA tests. They do not mm -hmm. pass DNA tests and with that, with that person. And she says that under the Trump administration, they were doing DNA testing. If they couldn't pass the DNA test, that's when they got separated. Now, we will fact check that um, to make sure that that I is think Christy, okay. whatever the hell she says, we can it's, still fact check it. But I'm telling you, yeah, that I one mean, one. I think there's <laughs> good reason to believe it's probably on her website. It probably is. But this is yeah. what we want people to know. This our alarm bells are going off on this. OK, is why why are we doing this for the next five to 10 years? Why are we doing this? And the again, this place closed in 2019. Um, and it first discussions with health and human services first came about last year in 2021. So during the Biden administration about the possibility of using the campus as a facility. Um, mm -hmm. But again, y'all just pay attention. What's going on in your neck of the woods? Where are they? Where are they flying these immigrant children? Why are they separating them? What is happening? 
We just have a lot of questions about how the border crisis is playing into and feeding the child trafficking issue in this country. Right. Uh, but speaking of child trafficking, Jelaine Maxwell, she gets sentenced to what, 20 years? 20 years? Oh my gosh. 20 years for um, tra trafficking to no one, apparently. Yes. <laughs> R. Kelly gets 30 years, and we know what he was up to. I mean, he should have been in prison a long time ago. But and the reason we say she's trafficking to no one is that they are not holding anybody, it's, it appears, anybody accountable for being on that list or being involved in any of this. She's taken the heat for only 20 years, should have been longer. I mean, I'm glad I mean, something's happening, she's but selling, I mean, she's selling them. She's setting up and arranging these rapes and abuses to happen. Who are the abusers? Shouldn't we care about that? Shouldn't we care about the people out there that are willing and wanting to be a part of this? Yeah. That are still out there. Yeah. Nobody cares. Nobody. Anyone? Oh. Yep. Hey, that that someone else is noticing this too. It's not just us. Yeah. Holly, you got that video that I sent to you. That's right. That's right. Let me pull that one up. And by the way, guys, um, also just want to point out that in these campuses, there are 200 of these types of um around around the country. I believe, I believe there's 200 state licensed facilities of this kind in 22 states. And, um, but what's interesting to me is they said these children will not be in schools, in public schools. This is an entirely in-house type program. So I guess there's no- What are they teaching them? What's going on in there? You, you got, have no idea. You have no idea. And there's no accountability. There's no outside influence, like as a check and balance to check on these kids, right? Like I, everything about this feels really weird to me. Okay, um, which, okay, sorry, Kristen, which one did you want me to play again? I'm sorry. I think it was just that one, the second one I sent to you, sent to you a little while ago with the Uf, UFC. The one yeah. I'm sorry, the one that what? Oh, yeah. yes, him, there he is, I see him, I got yeah. him. All right, we're gonna just give forewarning. I can't remember what his name is. We'll find it while we're, while we're playing it, hang on. Okay. He's a <laughs> UFC fighter, but Anderson, sorry, you're gonna have to bleep this out, but here's what he has to say, because we thought it was interesting. Kaylin Maxwell just got put away for 20 years. So she was supplying kids for these pedos, right? Where's the list? Yeah. Is it is it, as that just gets like, whew, I don't Man, know. It's weird that that got no coverage, but Johnny Depp and Apple was everywhere. Everywhere, yeah. And I'm like, so the list of, you know, politicians and actresses and actors or whatever that they talked about, does that get swept under the rug? Do they not get any time for actually f those kids? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, that's weird that how that just doesn't compute with me. It doesn't compute with us either. And it shouldn't compute. Okay, his name is uh, is he's Uf UFC champ uh, Israel Adesanya, um, A D E S A N Y A. But I mean, he brings up a great point, which everybody should be questioning right now. Yep. And and it's probably going to be swept under the rug with, because so much other stuff is going on, right? I mean, yeah. Oh, it's just That's crazy. Right. And, and again, we're just we're just here to ask questions. We don't have all the answers, but we're going to ask questions and we're going to ask you questions. And guys, if you guys have more information on this, please send it to us because we would love to be able to go further down these holes and, and figure out what's going on. But there's just so much. There's so much wickedness, honestly, going on in the world right now. And we just trust nobody at this point. I just wish um, that the, the people, the, all the women who were you know, a part of this abused by this. Can they step up and just start naming names? What can I thought might've happened, you guys, 
is that there may have been some like plea bargaining. I don't know, but for them to basically throw Jelaine under the bus to get her, some of these people she accused, who knows, who knows what protection, you know, though they can sometimes protect these people by getting them to be willing to testify against her. I don't know. I, 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 I feel don't. like there's probably threats and bribes and all that stuff too. 100% I mean, would not support. These are powerful people. Right. Are, right. I mean, they, this is only the elite. I mean, he had yeah. billions of dollars. He's not, they're not trafficking to like Joe Schmo down the road. Right. No, okay. Joe Schmo ain't invited to Epstein's Island. No. No. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's Bill Clinton. It's, you know, it's, um, uh, what's his name? Businessmen, politicians, executives, CEOs, yeah. like. Yeah. It's a um, vaccine guy. What's his actors, name? Actors, actresses. Who's the vaccine? Y'all, why not Steve Jobs? I think the Microsoft. Microsoft. Oh, Gates. 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 Uh, Biden administration vaccine deal with Pfizer used to be $19.50 per dose and now it's $30 per dose so an increase of 50 percent yeah it's going to bring Pfizer 9.5 billion uh, more dollars and you want to know what else you know what else they're doing with that money they are holding uh um I've got it somewhere um, I'm trying to find it. She they was just reading it to me. Swanky parties. Um, <laughs> yeah, they're, it's called a lobbying. They, they say it's a lobbying thing, but apparently there, it was like $11 million yacht party. Um, they're trying to, Pfizer's trying to expand their business in Colombia, right? Yeah. Um, and so they invited Colombia's, like whoever's running for president there, right? And uh, politicians, lobbyists, Pfizer executives, build it as a lobbying event because they're expanding, trying to expand business in that country. And the, the Colombian media put this out on their um, news station, showing videos and pictures from this lobbying event with very young, like gorgeous, half-dressed, pretty much naked women. There, these men are like dancing with them, whispering in their ear. Um, they're partying, just having the time of their lives on this yacht party. And so, and they, yeah. let's see, the women in the yacht sent Pfizer back $11 million. They paid $11 million for one party just for one candidate. Um, and I like say? what he says. Um, he's like, my question is, how many of these events has Pfizer offered to other politicians in the name of lobbying? Isn't this more of a sex bribe? How many politicians can really be bought off this cheaply? So it says there should be a formal investigation of all lobbying efforts related to the vaccines and to figure out how these international contracts were negotiated at minimum. What has Pfizer provided to U.S. politicians? If only we had a government that wasn't captured by pharmaceutical interests, we might find out the answers to those questions someday. That is from uh, Jeff Childers, Childers, Childers with Coffee and okay. COVID. Highly recommend y'all getting the updates um, from him. He is amazing. And one other thing that he said, speaking of following the money and more corruption, the Zelensky administration, this was in that same um, email that he sent that we were reading that from. Um, there was, let's see, Zelensky's team. Y'all remember Zelensky from Ukraine. I'm not saying it's him, but it's Zelensky's team is buying up expensive real estate in Switzerland. 
It says with Ukraine aid while sponsoring countries go bankrupt. This is not from Jeff. He shared something. I can't remember where this is from. Um, the Chronicler. Three properties bought by Zelensky Ukraine leadership total $27 million. Now, I have not gone and fact checked that myself, but it would not surprise me. And we keep spending money and sending money to them. Let's just think about this. Yeah. Let's just think about this. Yeah. How do they have time to go buy money there? I mean, I'm, but you know, maybe they do want to go there because they probably want to leave because they're in a war. Yeah. Um, so, you know, maybe they're just trying to buy some really expensive $27 property million just to leave, Swiss. just to get out of there. If we want to give them the benefit of the doubt. We need to stop sending money there. Can I go ahead and say that? Yes. Can we stop sending our money there? Yeah. Well, I mean, we're not in a position with this. We're now spending borrowed money on everything. Oh. Like oh. we, are, we, we are in such a financial mess here in this country. I think the average American has no clue about. Um, but I can tell you back to Pfizer for just one hot second. Pfizer's doing great. Because they reported 92% operational growth in full year 2021 revenues. They almost doubled their revenues in 2021, y'all, reporting between 98 to $102 billion in revenue in one year alone. Okay. And I like, this is the thing. And again, I am all for capitalism. Listen, you have a good product and you can sell it, make all the money you can. But this is the same company that in 2009 was forced to pay $2.3 billion, a drop in the bucket. For, but it was the largest, the largest criminal charge in corporate American history related to the promotion of its um, Bextra pain medicine, knowing that it had was, was harming people, killing people, and they kept it on the market. They improperly marketed 13 medicines. And what company does has the largest criminal fine and then ends up doing better than it ever has before? Better than it ever has. And, <laughs> and gets to operate under an emergency use authorization right. where they will allow it to not even be tested. That's the I thing mean. that's like unreal. Like the very company that's already been found guilty of killing people and harming people and knowingly doing it, you're going to let them put a product out under an EUA? What stupid, stupid, stupid people. I'm sorry. I can't and even. That's the company that can spend $11 million on a yacht party. Yeah, that $11 million was that's nothing. like nothing. Chomp change is what you call that for them like nothing mm -hmm. and and this is the this is what i do not understand then now new york city mayor eric adams eric i had hopes that you would be a common sense mayor for the people of new york but here you go again again with something mm -hmm. again stupid i'm gonna say it this is dumb a vaccine mandate for kids a covid vaccine mandate for kids if you live in new york city i feel for you i feel mm. for you because this is incredulous. Y'all, tell them who has come out and said this vaccine is not worth the, the benefit. In fact, it's probably more risk than benefit to kids. The who? Everybody except our government. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> but us is what it is. If you want to look at the misinformation, it is coming straight from the CDC, the FDA, the NIH, Walensky, Fauci, all of them. Because, I mean, even right now, there's, I'm looking at this from Dr. Malone, there's a letter to the UK government from 76 doctors, comprehensive reasons why the US FDA decision authorizing COVID vaccines in infants and young children must not happen in the UK. That's just in the UK. 
And y'all should see all of the, everything that all of these physicians are saying. Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone did a great, um, they were, they did a Senate testimony hearing in um, Texas last month. I think it was actually last week, June 28th. Yeah. We'll add the rumble links here, but excellent, excellent information. Dr. Malone was talking about how you do not want to be messing with kids and their DNA uh, when their thymus gland is growing and that is like the prime time. So, and they are at minimal risk and they've already proven from seroprevalence studies that about 75% of kids have already had COVID, which means they already have natural immunity and kids are born with innate immune systems that are better than ours already. And with all of that, I mean, I wanna have, honestly, I probably should have a whole daggum COVID uh, wrap up COVID uh, podcast because I do so much research and I can only touch on a little bit here and everything I post gets censored. And it's just really sad. But can we just have a just think moment around the fact that it's just the United States that's doing this? Yes. Yes. Well, and, and who has the most to gain? We'll say it again. Who has the most to gain from these vaccines? The United States. Guess, mm-hmm. guess who the most vaccinated country in the world is? The United States. Guess who's one of the sickest yet richest countries in the world? The United States. I mean, I and rest she's talking about all vaccines. Just to clarify, she's not talking about COVID vaccine. We're the most vaccinated all other vaccines. Yep. But also one of the most, I mean, we had, a, well, I know we have a bigger population, but even with the COVID vaccines, Kristen's right. I was talking about all in general, mm-hmm. but we, we even have a high population, high percentage of our population vaccinated against COVID. And we're still having COVID. In fact, now, listen, we have told you about Garrett Van de Bosch many times. Go listen to the man. He's Belgian. Go listen to him. He, he, he warned us that the things that are happening now were going to happen with these vaccines. He's a vaccinologist expert, okay? Mm-hmm. Expert in his field. Worked for the Gates Foundation. This is not some right-wing conspiracy theorist. He said, you're going to see an increase in death. You're going to see an increase in just overall mortality. You're going to have people who are no longer capable of fighting COVID that those vaccinated are now going to be the most likely to get COVID. Both things are happening. Dr. Both Malone was talking about this in, in, his, um, in the testimony. I was listening to it on the way here, and I really would love to play a clip maybe next time. But he was talking about Im- immune imprinting, and he said, start paying attention to that word. He said, if you had gotten the COVID, the Wuhan, original strain, the infection, and then you've had been vaccinated, you're vaccinated with the Wuhan strain because they still don't have another vaccine that's not just the Wuhan strain, okay, the original alpha, right? And then if you get Omicron, okay, which er everybody's getting Omicron right now, okay, it's like Oprah's giving it out. You get Omicron, you get Omicron, you get Omicron. But what's happening to these people that have had the infection, been vaccinated, and now get Omicron, their body cannot respond. They are getting this, he said this, it's a paradoxical reduction in, I think it's the non-neutralizing antibodies. I may be wrong in that terminology, but whatever it is, just like Dr. Cole told us, it's basically killing your marine cells that fight off infections, okay? So you are, you are or less that your ability to fight anything off is lessened, okay? And it's dose dependent. He said even um, those who are fully vaccinated, it's still a 30% chance of hospitalization or death. And those who are immunocompromised, like cancer and stuff, are having even more problems. All of this is in that Senate testimony. And they come, they have every resource. So before anybody says that's not right, go look at what they share. They do not say anything under oath for sure, without having receipts. That's right. 
That's right. They bring um, this every time. Coffee and COVID too is talking about um, in Australia. Y'all remember how well how crazy Australia's been with their yes mandates, vaccines, but um, ninety three percent jabbed country. COVID is back again with a, a huge surge. It says it's at fifty deaths per day. COVID is now the leading cause of death in Australia, even above heart disease and cancer, and the trend is going up. And wow. experts are baffled. Um, it's bad. It's getting worse. The top COVID doc explained the current wave of COVID cases. We're going to get significantly worse in the coming weeks. It's not just Australia. Britain has it too. COVID cases are up by more than 30% in Britain, um, last week. So one you in 40 You have to people. ask yourself why they were like the strictest with lockdowns. They're the, okay. And even if you don't ask, you can ask yourself why, and then you have to think, so does this mean the vaccine is working? I mean, truly, when have you ever vaccinated almost your entire country and then everybody still gets sick with the illness that you're vaccinating them against. That's right. And that's another thing that Dr. Malone talked about is that they have been changing the definition of immunity and durability. And, right. just you, and they do it so subtly and just over small amounts of time that you don't realize it. You don't pay attention except for people who are really, really are paying attention. Well, and speaking of paying attention, you know, the, there's been these protests over Roe versus Wade and the re reversal of Roe versus Wade and my body, my choice protests with vaccines required for you to go to the protest. And I'm like, make it make sense. Okay. And for people who are- pause. Everybody just pause and yes. think about that. I mean, my body, my choice. Oh, but you got to inject this poison or you know they think it's something that's life-saving into your body without a choice and on the flip side you know you could argue well if you're pro life then aren't you you know if, i mean or if you're pro you know if you're pro-life then why won't you just take the vaccine right to preserve other people's lives there's no science that's taking that vaccine. There's zero science that exists today as of July, 2022, that proves that it saves anyone's life anymore. Okay, anybody's. Well, Anybody it also can... does not save someone else's life by right. you taking it that's because right. it does not prevent transmission. That's right. And that is where when they say, well, this that protects others when you take it, you cannot argue that. They are still saying that. They're still I still hear it on the radio. It's not true. Do this to help your community. Do this to, to help it's others. Not, like, it is not true. It on Stephanie Street. And yeah, Elmo said it. Elmo yep. just said it. <laughs> it's not true. And, and here's the other piece. If you say, well, then if you don't believe that you should be told what to do with your body, then don't tell another woman what to do with hers. Well, no one wants to tell any other woman I certainly don't what to do with her body. It's no, a no. whole nother body inside a body that is where it comes down to the argument, right? Is if you believe that's a body and a life, then does that body and that life have rights too? So it's not the same, it's not the same argument. But again, my body, my choice, protest, vaccines required. And I'm hearing more fake vaccine cards are being found. Isn't that right? Yes. yes. Um, stay tuned because apparently. They um, just found, I don't know where all of that, but in Canada, you know, we already brought that up a while back. Where was that? What country was that? That was, um, no, um, Ecuador or Venezuela. Um, Somewhere over there. 
Um, <laughs> so I can't remember, but we brought it up a while, but I mean, I've got it somewhere in all of our studies, but yeah. that's already been caught and they were actually doing something else and they happened to stumble upon it and found that even like celebrities, athletes, a lot of elites had fake vaccination cards. Yep. So now they are finding this in Canada as well. And you know, it's not just there. No. And just no. like Amy said, it's like people are paying to get, to prevent to themselves to get something that's free. Listen, there was a okay. time in my life where I really thought I might have to pay to get a fake vaccine card. Now, it didn't take me long to decide I wasn't. And here's why I wasn't at a principal. I was right. not going to even look like I complied because I was not. I, I, I really believed if we didn't stand, we'd, we'd all fall. We'd eventually all fall. So it got to where I was like, no, I'm not even going to have a fake one. I just won't do the things that I want right. to do. I don't want to support that. those right. races. But and I can tell you, plans. there was a moment where I was like, I'm going to be paying for a fake vaccine card. I mean, I thought it. I thought it. I'm just going to be honest. So, I, I mean, I get it. Um, but again, take a stand, people. I, the number of wealthy people who will not stand up is frightening because they're afraid they're going to get canceled. Then they're afraid right. that their money's going to run dry. Which just brings us back to what Jesus said, right? It's easier for a rich man to go drive a ride a camel through the eye of a needle than to get in the kingdom of heaven. To do the right thing when you have so much money, you become enslaved to it. You don't want to lose it. Just like Dr. McCullough said, yeah, with that meeting with his yeah, one of his acquaintances or friends or whatever. I was listening to a podcast the other day with um Zuby, and he was saying how same thing. He's like, so many people write to me, call me, whatever, say, um, gosh, I just. I'm so thankful for your courage, you know, you're yeah. to speak mm -hmm. out your courage. He's like, it's really sad to me that this is like the definition of what courage is now yeah. is just to, just to stand up and speak out for what's true and what's right. Um, right. He's like, I mean, true courage is like, you know, soldiers being dropped up on the beach at D-Day, mm -hmm. stuff yes. like that. Like, oh, you're so courageous. Like this should not be something that, you know, you're just like admiring other people for their, their courage. This is just yeah. what, this is a, this is a necessity. This is like, well, and, I wanna, and, and going along with that, I want to say it, it took all of us a while to, cause we were talking about this for a long time before we ever actually, I mean, kind of came out on social media or started like speaking up, speaking out just about some of these things, you know, and honestly, it was like questions that I would ask. But I will tell you, because I was worried, I mean, we, we have businesses that, and, and truly, I will tell you, it's Instagram and Facebook that have messed me up because now people don't see my things. So no matter what I post, whether it's about business or even my family or whatever, they're not seeing it because they're trying to suppress anything I post. Okay. And it's all facts and they still haven't responded. Okay. So just so you know, I'm trying, nobody responds. There's nobody you can talk to. And if anybody has any insight, please send it my way. That being said, you would be surprised at how many people actually thank us individually and as a group. Thank you for speaking out. Thank you for saying what I thought. I've gotten more positive reaction. Of course, we've had some haters. We've had people that have like unfriended us or whatever, but honestly, I feel so much, it was like a weight lifted off. Every time I post something, it's like a weight lifted off my shoulders because I feel such a strong need to share this information with everybody. And I can't not share it. I can't not, I, I can't go to bed without saying, okay, 
At least I told them, at least I said it because they're not hearing it anywhere else. And I'm not, I'm just one little tiny person. I'm not saying I've got this huge platform. I just want to be one of those that, that speaks up. And I'm just telling you, if you are sitting here saying, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just do something. Challenge yourself after listening to this, challenge yourself to take that step, to do something scary, but to do something that you believe in because you would not believe how good it feels. And honestly, it shows the true colors of people. Somebody's going to cancel you or unfriend you. That would make me question their friendship. And it has made me question a lot of friendships. Yeah. If, it's, if, if you're going to hate me and not be my friend just because we disagree on certain things, then I, I do question that friendship. I would rather have a discussion, you know, and still be friends. Okay, I'll shut up. No, no, you're exactly right. You're exactly right. Um, so yeah, so speak up and that's why we're going to wrap it up here soon, but we do have a few more things that we think you should know and we don't have all the facts or information. I mean, we're obviously limited in how much we can find out on some of this stuff. So, but we're going to point you to it because we want you to know. Okay. Um, airlines. So I know right now people are traveling. It's July. I'm getting ready to hop on a plane again next week. I, you know, it's a travel season and we are having record number of cancellations and delays record number. Okay. And this started happening, you know, after the pandemic back in October, you guys know, I was a victim of a, of a weather, weather that never happened. Um, because if, if the airline says they cancel for weather or delay because of weather, then they don't have to put you up somewhere. Um, well, the, I want to remind everyone, the airlines got a 50 billion plus bailout during the pandemic. And this was why, so they could be ready to fly when we could resume travel. Now Congress is going back to the airlines demanding answers about why they weren't prepared, why there's been the inevitable upswing in passenger demand, but they can't fill it, why they're canceling flights. Well, I can tell you one thing. I can tell you one thing. Yes, a lot of those people probably didn't have jobs to do for a while during the pandemic, but now they also were getting rid of people who would not take a vaccine. Yeah. Let's for address the elephant people. in the room. Can we not address the elephant in the room? Like, yeah. what are we, there are a lot of people that quit because they were not going to be forced yes. to do that and, and now be, they're upset well you did this to yourself yeah. now they're hiring anybody and everybody and one of my friends is a flight attendant that I'm on social media it's like they need flight attendants so bad like inter they're interviewing people off the street like just come in just no skills no experience necessary like get on the plane put on a suit and and yeah. just get it and one more thing to pay attention to to be honest I don't even want to be on a plane where the pilot has had the vaccine I don't know if you've seen the interview with Bob Snow and who had a heart attack. Luckily, it was after they landed, but you have no idea. And if you believe, once again, sad, sudden death, sudden adult death syndrome and all of these myocarditis, heart attacks, clots, strokes, it is happening and it happens suddenly. And if your pilot had that vaccine or booster, there is a much higher chance of that pilot having an issue than a pilot who has not been vaccinated. Yeah, yeah. I mean, these are the questions that we have y'all because clearly there's something going on in the cardiac world. Whether you wanna blame it on global warming, like some have done, please, please, please don't come at me with that. Stop. Oh, there's so many other, so many other. <laughs> I mean, I do not believe in engaging in, 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 in arguments with fools. And that would be a foolish argument. Like, don't, please don't. Don't tell me yeah. level warming is causing cardio. No, it's not. No, it's not. Or the soil all of a sudden, or making your bed. Yeah. Yes. All those, yeah, all those things. These and, are actual headlines that we've seen. Yes, we're, we're actually headlines. telling you actual headlines. Okay. 
But uh, well, well, let's talk about gas real quick because we did put this on um, our uh, on our on our social media Instagram this week. Um, Biden issued a command. <laughs> Bless. Did you think this was a good idea? Okay. He tweets out, Amy, do you have the tweet? I know you probably have it saved on your phone. Um, I want to yeah, do, do it. I'm sure I do. Okay. So Biden <laughs> has this tweet and he commands gas stations to lower their prices. Okay. <laughs> but let me say this. Biden's never, in my knowledge, ever run a business. He was an attorney. He, was an attorney. he went to law school. He has maybe practiced law. But he has never like been a CPA, run, run, like a, finan a financial guru. Like he's not run businesses. And he's about to tell gas stations how to run their businesses. I'm sorry, you are not qualified. And, and, and after he had just said no to, to drilling, right? Like he had just so once again. No drilling. Like we have ample resources under our soil. Nope, you can't drill because of the environmental, the, my environmental policies. I will not allow you to drill. But right. then he says what, Amy? He says, my message to the companies running gas stations and setting prices at the pump is simple. This is a time of war and global peril. Bring down the price you are charging at the pump to reflect the cost you're paying for the product and do it now. I should whisper that part. And do it now. She's in the creeper boy, like behind my ear. In a creeper voice. And then sniff. And do it now. <laughs> you know, the whisper. You know, to, to just really drive his point home. When we say that we identify our own biases, clearly we are not thinking. Yeah, that was, we're just going to Hey, the wrong. whispering is fact. That's fact. He That's whispers. Fact. He yeah. whispers. Um, I'm sorry, but the sniffing is fact too. People have zoomed in on videos. Uh, uh, prove me wrong. We have, we have seen it. We, we've okay. seen the sniffing. But you know, maybe he just is. Maybe he that. likes he. That might be it. Maybe he likes perfume, or maybe he likes their hair. That's just I the way know. he hugs. Maybe he just hugs. I don't know. <laughs> so 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 then Jeff Bezos responds. But but first, tell him what the gas. Uh, read read the gas. The gas. The um. What is it? The, yeah. What the oil and gas people said? Yeah, U.S. Uh, oil and gas is who it was. Yes. So, so that's what he said. You know, he said, bring down the prices and do it now. Okay. So the U.S. Oil and Gas Association responded with a tweet that said, working on it, Mr. President. In the meantime, have a happy fourth. And please make sure the White House intern who posted this tweet registers for Econ 101 for the fall semester. <laughs> Like how embarrassing is that? But then, but then Bezos responded by quote tweet, but he he quoted the Biden, and he said, "Ouch, inflation is far too important a problem for the White House to keep making statements like this. It's either straight ahead misdirection, or a deep misunderstanding of basic market dynamics." Mm. This is a liberal owns Washington Post, y'all owns Amazon. Like I would call him pretty much an ultra liberal calling out him saying like, dude, you're dumb. Like either you're dumb or you know how bad this is and you're intentionally doing it. Or you we know? need term limits. We oh need term limits. He has <laughs> been in government for 50 years. He's he never he's been run a business like, for 50 years. He has no clue what he's talking about. And again, if this is even Biden tweeting, who knows? I'm not even sure that Biden is making any decisions. 
I'm, I truly don't know. He doesn't seem to be there half the time. Well, if the note cards tell him to sit down. Oh my God. Now, yeah, like you sit here. Is that intentional? Like part of me is like, okay, are they doing this too? Major, it's almost sad if there is, you know, part of it is like, okay, is this truly like this cognitive decline and he literally needs these instructions and he literally needs somebody to tell him what to say and what to do, you know, like, or is it just straight incompetence? Is it ignorance? Is it, is is it just malicious? I mean, don't don't y'all feel like regardless if it's a Democrat or Republican or whatever you are, if you are the president of the United States, you should be able to command a room. You should, you are the commander in chief. You should should walk into a room and you should be able to off the cuff, have conversations with people off the cuff, answer questions. Yes. You should know where your seat is. You should know when to sit. You should know when to shake hands. You should know how to move around that room and, you know, engage. That is just, that's baseline, baseline. That's exactly right. And if you have to be told what to do, what to say, just in those situations, how in the hell are you running a country? You're not. How are you doing anything? Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, we see the proof of what's the, the fruit of that, I guess, yeah. right now. Yep. yep. And, and, and I think, can you imagine if Trump had been given the same pass as oh. our media that Biden has gotten? Can you imagine if he had not had to um deal with the media in the same way that biden seems to not have to deal with the media it's it's shocking it's i i it's hard to even wrap your head around the disparity right Mm -hmm. in the way the two men have been treated um and again like listen we know trump could poke poke the bear there's no question he can pick a fight he can fight a fight like but the way that the scrutiny like the things that I mean, Trump would go to like a, to get a well visit and was accused of all kinds of things. And Biden has clear mental, I think it's clear mental cognitive de- decline. But I think, you know, we've had the, the January 6th testimonies have been happening. I hear a lot of people, even on the left saying they're not interested. They're not even interested in this anymore. It's in the past that these were some crazies, the fringe lunatics that did, you know, were trespassing on federal property, taking selfies in Nancy Pelosi's office, you know, but that this is not like this is now in the past, the, the transfer of power did happen. Let's move along. Okay. I mean, I'm hearing that from both sides, not necessarily the extremes on both sides, but certainly from both sides. Well, I'm um, on our, like RNC research. Um, I guess that's where Republican national. Yeah, I think that's Republican, yeah. Um, they, they put out a tweet. It says, according to Google Trends, which I guess they can look at trends on Google. Yeah, the, on, the only place today, and this was a couple of days ago, um, six days ago. The only place today where interest in the January 6th committee outweighed gas prices was Washington, D.C. Mm. The only place the only in the place. entire country where people are more concerned with January 6th than gas prices yep. if that tells you anything but I think that's a lot of it right like it is so politicized now um regardless of what all went down on January 6th I mean to be frank I was watching January 6th like oh my lord what are they doing like I mean and this is a person who it was not happy about Biden being you know the next president but I was like oh please don't do that you know yeah right so, so like, I feel like that was most people watching it. Most of us were like, ah, stop, stop. Okay. But that said, that said, regardless of your opinions or how you see any of it, it, it was in the past. We have had people who sat in jail ever since 
Yes, I think like solitary confinement, not just jail. Like this is really, really bad. Basically for trespassing, um, you know, you've got a doctor in prison. That's that's I think also strange. But in any case, it it is what it is. But but I think the point that we want to make is, I think a lot of the reason why people aren't interested in this, you guys, is it's not interesting testimony. And we thought it might be Cassidy Hutchinson testified that Trump grabbed the steering wheel and insisted on being driven to the Capitol where the insurrection was happening. But then, but that was not based on firsthand testimony. Now, we're experts in judicial process now that we watched Amber and Johnny on TV. (laughs) I'm kidding. And Judge Judy. I used to watch Judge Judy at any time. Somebody would say, well, her friend said, like, she said, nope, that's hearsay. You can't tell me what somebody else said or saw. You can't, you cannot hearsay. That's hearsay. Judge Judy, get the smack down. She would lay the smack down. And so (laughs) this, this Cassidy girl basically just went on and on and gave this whole testimony of hearsay, which is not admissible in court at all. Hearsay. It's just like, you can't do that. But and, everybody ran with it. Oh yeah. Woo. And, and then and then what happened? And then what happened? So then, then instantly, the actual um, secret, secret service, secret service uh, officers that were there grabbed their lawyers and said, "Oh no, we'll testify to this right now." That did not happen. Yeah. Right. And so now MSNBC is interviewing the attorney that is—is is this Hutchinson's attorney or I? No, no, it's somebody. It's the, he's prosecuting. He's like. You know, the head prosecutor of the January okay. 6th, okay. Jamie and he's a House of Representatives member. He's like okay. the lead um, lawyer, prosecutor or whatever, who's trying to. And then they interview him. And in the middle of the interview, they're basically telling him that now her testimony has been refuted and it calls into question all of her testimony now because. She's just testifying on hearsay and watch. It's probably better to watch this, so, but just listen. Uh, you know, the, the, again, I, I fully expected that Ms. Hutchinson would come under attack. But uh, from my estimation, she spoke with entire credibility and authenticity yesterday. And we've, again, as I said, we've been focused on exactly what you just mentioned, the the plot that day. But as you know, it's going to be used in certain quarters uh, as evidence that, well, now you can't believe anything she said if this story turns out not to be true. So is it your understanding? Okay, by the way, right now, you can see the guy in his earpiece. Somebody's talking to him. We have no but just in the earpiece, to this attorney, while the MSNBC anchor is saying, hey, okay, yes, we know that you believe she's credible, but do you understand her testimony just got refuted by multiple people, and he is now listening in his earpiece and taking his earpiece out. And you've seen all the evidence, you've heard from witnesses, you've talked. Okay, a little technical glitch just happened right there. We were letting you listen to the MSNBC um interview with I guess it was the chief counsel sorry about the dog in the background I've had to move locations and everything so we can wrap this up for you (laughs) but we were we were talking about um how he just goes MIA he's in the middle of an interview this information comes out that the Hutchinson testimony was hearsay and that it's been refuted by people who are actually there which then calls into question the validity of her entire testimony against President Trump at the January 6th hearings 
We don't know. We just think it was interesting. He hightailed it out of there after he heard something in his ear. Um, so that was basically what we were showing you. But we have one more thing I think that we want to talk about, right, girls? And that is that over the 4th of July in Highland Park, Illinois, in a state that has some of the most stringent gun laws in the country, um, Illinois has been known, to Chicago especially, as a city, much tougher gun laws than other cities. And they had a tragic 4th of July shooting. I don't know, do you guys know the latest on the details as of the recording of this? What what has gone down exactly? Um, yeah, let's see. So this guy, the guy was arrested, the guy who did it, he was arrested. Um, he tried to evade police and there was a vehicle pursuit. We get a lot of our news from this, by the way, um, on re by Real News No Bull Shiitake. As Kristen says <laughs> on Instagram, see Anderson, I don't have to pay you. Um, but so anyway, um, I have a swear jar now. Yeah, apparently. But um, it's just, it's crazy. It's another, it's a young white male, 22, I think, extremely skinny, extremely creepy looking, um, mm. kind of like the profile of all the other mass shooters that we've seen in some of these things like looks kind of the same as the the one that did the Uvalde and then also like Adam Lanza from Sandy Hook it's like this profile it's like the same type person every time it's interesting right like it's pro well also profile. that almost every time the police have known about them yes and that was I think that's really important because this has happened a lot lately with with these shootings um and and then they claim that they didn't know, but they, but they did. And then, so you're like, so we had no idea this was going to happen. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah. It says he opened fire on the July 4th parade. And apparently he was like up on a rooftop somewhere. And then now there's a new thing saying that he was dressed like a woman. Wait, seriously? That. Seriously on Breitbart news. Um, and basically he was um, arrested. It says the police chief, when he did his little um, press conference says, what I can tell you this moment was approximately 15 minutes ago. Um, they were looking for the person of interest and he fled. Um, they had a traffic stop and let's see, he was on the run for about eight hours when they finally got him or whatever. But I did read somewhere and now I can't find where that was that, that the police knew mm -hmm. he, he has been yeah. targeted. You know, they've been following, they knew about this guy. Um, so once again, it's like, once again, and, and we're not Holly, saying that necessarily just because they knew about him that they could have prevented it, but you would think that they would be doing something. And at the same point in time, you know, when they go come, uh, come at us with like, you know, gun control and more laws for gun safety, I'm all about, we've already said, we're all about stricter, you know, background checks. We definitely want to make sure Nobody with, I mean, mental health, like, I mean, any suspect of, you know, suicide, homicide, any of that. And of course we want people to be vetted before they get a gun. But, but the reality is, like Amy said, like there's what law, there's no law that would have prevented this. If they don't have a gun, they'll go get one. They'll figure it out. They'll go get a car. They'll go get something. They'll do something. Cause this is the person, not the actual right. vehicle used to. Like what law would have deterred this? Would he have said, oh, well, that's against the law. So I guess I can't do it. Like, that's not going to happen. Now, one thing I, I will agree with, like, I think, Holly, I think you're on mute. Oh, yeah, one no. Thing I, oh no, you're not. Okay. Um, 
I, I tend to agree with um, with the gun control stuff where maybe banning or having some kind of stricter something around like the high capacity magazines. Like when you have a, a magazine where you can shoot 20 bullets before you have to stop and mm-hmm. like reload again. Yes, that is like, okay, you can spray 20 shots before people even know what's happening. Right. Whereas if you had to like shoot, shoot, reload, shoot, shoot, reload. I mean, you're not going to, the death toll will be decreased, I think, in mass situations. But I don't know how you stop. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I think what you're what you're saying, Amy, is like less mass casualty in a short amount of time if they can't shoot the gun and load it quickly, right? Like, right, guns like that have magazines like spray out, you know, and there's no because there's so many in a magazine, yeah, and they rapid fire out before right. they have to reload. They can do a lot of damage in a little bit of time. So there's, yeah. I do agree that like maybe something around that needs to change. I don't know. Well, what if there were different like licenses, kind of like driver's license, like where there's a class A, class B, and there may be, look, I'm not an expert on guns. I just, I mean, that's a good point, Christina, because I'm like, because I think the argument is you have to prove yourself to get some of to get right. That's it. Now, in, in the state of Illinois, you have to have 16 hours of training before you can buy a gun. 16 hours. Okay. That's more than the state of North Carolina. I'm almost sure. Okay. Um, I don't remember. I uh, know I did not have to do 16. Once hours. again, do you think this dude had 16 hours of training with a gun? No, he just they, got a gun. They said that he bought it legally. I don't know where, cause he could cross state lines to buy it. Um, you know, who, who knows? I don't know the details yet. I have not studied this to know the details. The argument I think that it's going to be is that if, for example, <laughs> if a, if governments can own ammunition and artillery that can be turned against the people, then the people have to be armed against the government. That was the initial principle, right? Which was that in order to kind of hold the government in check, the people would be armed so that the government couldn't hold the people hostage. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. truly like what what the perspective from which so much of this, uh, of our, you know, the right to bear arms was was Mm -hmm. written. Um, so, but you're right. I mean, that, that might be something to consider. I'd love to have this conversation. Can you have classes of, um, designations? Because we know that the police said that the suspect did buy the guns illegally and he did disguise himself to escape the parade. They said he was dressed as a woman to disguise himself. I mean, do we know that? Or was he a cross-dresser? I don't know. Or sorry, maybe that's the wrong PC word. Transgender. I don't know. What's the right word? It doesn't yeah. cancel now. That's the one I'm trying to use. Okay. Um, <laughs> anyway, but the they they did say that he had spent weeks planning the latest U.S. mass shooting. They do not know why. I don't know how they knew he'd spent weeks doing that. They do not have a motive. He was not motivated by race or religion that they can see. He was white, 21 years old. And um, again, how about he's just batshit crazy? Anderson, you don't have to edit that out. He's crazy. He's evil. He's evil. Like, do we have to have words that beyond just evil, 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 evil. And that evil exists in this world. And it's a very sad reality of our life. But this dude is crazy evil to do what he did. And I think it's also interesting. Sorry, Holly, go ahead. But but I was just going to make the point that in the state of Illinois, they, I was reading their gun laws today, earlier, before we hopped on. And, you know, they are more stringent than most places in the country. 
and yet he was able to buy Lily and he does look like a freak. I'm going to just, I'm going to be honest. Like you look at his mugshot, like he does not look like your friendly next door neighbor. And he just does. And he looks like he's like 70 pounds soaking wet. Yeah. Why are all these so dudes so like skinny and frail? Yeah. Like it's yeah. just so weird that they all fit this. Yeah. Yeah. Profile. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what I was going to point out, I'm pretty sure they were talking about this, but because all I did was grab this screenshot. And now I can't remember because I have so many, but they're saying that even the internet archive is removing, like someone posted very weird that every digital footprint about this schizophrenic suspect is being rapidly and systematically scrubbed from the internet. Really? I mean, you, you have to just think, you know, when they're deleting information and you can't find it because we even say like just trying to find actual facts that are non-biased on the internet yeah. is very 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 difficult well i will say usa today did report on this that violent videos connected to crimo is his last name can you imagine c-r-i-m-o removed <laughs> from youtube after the shooting and it says that violent videos that appear to be connected to him were removed from youtube in the hours after the shooting the account posting the videos was suspended, but YouTube did not immediately respond to USA Today's request for comment. How did he even have these videos up on YouTube anyway? When they censor so many other things. I mean, they censor McCullough's testimony, but they don't censor a violent video from this guy. I don't guy. understand. Just think, y'all. Just think. Where are their rules on what goes against community guidelines and what goes against community standards? It is absolutely absurd. <laughs> but apparently they did law enforcement did know about this kid so uh so anyway that's the facts as we know them right now um again it's like amy said i don't to what degree without just outright banning guns entirely um and if you do that you've still got people running over people with cars and stabbing people so again i don't evil is evil is evil is evil and evil is going to manifest where it wants to manifest it will find a way it will find a way um, and and uh, listen, there's some really great evidence that we do need to dig into and we don't have time to do it today, but on places where the, the um, citizens are most armed have the least amount of crime. Did you guys see that? Yeah. 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 So, yes. so in areas where citizens are the most armed, there's the least amount of crime. Well, I imagine there's a little less of a reason to want to blow up a place when you think more people aren't armed. And in the state and in Illinois, it is very hard to carry a gun there. They do make it difficult for you to carry in public. In public, well, so, seventy-one people were shot in Chicago just over the weekend. By the way, how many? Seventy-one. And then and how then, many in New York? And fifty and, in New York just over the, the holiday weekend. Is that shot or shot and killed or? I don't know about killed. Remember, definitely shot. But not sure about killed. The point is, this stuff is happening all all the time. And and would you say this like selective is selective outrage? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Where yeah. it when do when are gonna when are people gonna care about you know uh, funding the police again and and helping protect these communities that this keeps happening in yep i mean at the end of the day the crime the crimes that are happening who's committing them who it's who's it's affecting the most is the conversation for whatever reason we're still not having in this country and i think i know the reasons i think it's it's it, it it it's it doesn't shed you know, it doesn't shed a positive light on some real problems in our country. Right. And we need, if we really want to atta attack this and we really want to go after this, then we got to start being honest about the roots of it. 
and what's yep. really what's really happening here and quit hey all of us left right center quit screaming about headlines like like do a deeper dive than just the clickbait you're seeing because it's kind of obvious with who those of you who just listen to the party lines and the clickbait that you're seeing on TikTok that's curated for you or whatever like Amy, Kristen, and I really challenge each other all the time to go look at other sources and to fact check things and to dig deeper and to think harder about these things so that we don't get caught up in the divide and we don't get caught up in, you know, the tribalism that's happening where, you know, you're picking a side. We want to be on the side of the truth and on the side of an America that is living up to its ideals, period. And it's not hard to do these days because crazy is on full display. And, you, you know. It's not, it's not as hard to decipher, at least to me, what side I want to stand on and what I believe in because there, there is no other choice because the yeah. other choice, the other options that I see out there are just absolute. Not okay. It's not good for the longevity of a healthy country. And, you know, yeah. we have this thing in the South, you know, put your crazy out on the front porch. We, we're not, we're not embarrassed of our crazy. We put it out on the front porch for everybody to see. <laughs> And um, nope, not anymore. Nope. I want the crazy to go back into hiding. I don't want to see it anymore. I'm done. I'm done. Yeah. I don't want to see it anymore. Um, all right, y'all. Well, that's a long wrap for a long episode, but hopefully this is helping keeping you informed on what we're seeing. It's, it's, it's helping you ask questions and seek for answers and making up your own mind, thinking for yourself. Most importantly, hey, just think. Just think. Bye, y'all. We'll see, see you later. Bye.